Welcome to Wine Road, the wine, when, and where of Northern Sonoma County. I'm your host, Marcy Gordon, with Beth Costa, Executive Director of the Wine Road. Welcome to Wine Road. It's episode 102. Today, our guests are Laura and Mike Saini from Saini Vineyards. And winery. And winery. <laughs> Out in Dry Creek Valley. Yes. So before we get started with our guests, I do want to thank our sponsor for today's show, which is the Wine Industry Network known around here as Win, I just love them. I remember talking to George Christie about this idea probably 20 years ago and how he thought he could build this site that would be the most all-inclusive resource for the wine industry in the world. He was looking at world domination. And I thought, gosh, I, I, achieved don't, I don't know if you can get all that information. And oh my God, he, he has. So if you have really any interest in the wine industry, if you have a winery, if you manage a vineyard, you definitely want to uh, check out the wineindustrynetwork.com. Um, the website just is the resource for everything you could possibly need for running the winery, for hiring staff, for training people, for news alerts about what's happening in the industry, for you know running your vineyard, how to manage your vineyard. It's just an incredible site, and they've been so supportive of our podcast. So super appreciate and definite shout out to the Wine Industry Network. Excellent. So that's that scoop. So let's get started. We're excited to have uh, guests here that have a long history in the wine industry in Sonoma County. So how did it start? With a vineyard? With a winery? Well, uh, my great-grandfather came to uh, United States, uh, New York in 1908, and um, he migrated to San Francisco, and uh, he started working in the garbage business. And uh, he earned enough money with his uh, brother-in-law, and they bought the first ranch in 1917 in Dry Creek Valley. Wow. 1917. That's amazing. Yeah, so we, we got to celebrate 100 years of uh, hard knocks in, yeah. in, 19, or in uh, 2017, mm -hmm. and, um, and uh, so we've been doing that for the last 100 years, I guess you could say. I mean, 100 years, that is an um, incredible milestone. There's a lot of generational families in Sonoma County in the wine industry, but not a lot that go back 100 years. That's really something. No, and it, it's been a, uh, it's been a uh, kind of trial and error through the last 100 years of what do you do to continue to be prosperous? Right. And uh, so they got started. Well, there were some grapes on the ranch, and then they started planning whatever crop would make them money. Right. Basically, so it was prunes or pears or grapes mm -hmm. or we had livestock. Uh, one of the ranches, we've got a, a ranch that was bought in 1934 in Alexander Valley, and that had a small blacksmith shop and livestock. And so it was kind of a... A blacksmith a, a, shop. I love that. Yeah, it was kind of a, it was a really cool old building. And they really, I mean, we weren't blacksmiths, but it was, it was something that someone had done to make, to make ends meet. And um, so... Then they also dabbled, you know, of course, in making some wine and homemade wine uh -huh. and selling it where they could and however they could sell it. And then it kind of just uh, then in the uh, 60s and 70s started planting a few more grapes uh -huh. and we had prunes. And, uh, and then the family by the early 80s had about 80 percent of the vineyard or 80 percent of our land was converted to uh, vineyards. And so at that point, you were growing grapes at selling them to wineries. Yes. Is that right? Yeah, 100%. My family had uh, made its wine in the uh, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, never, never went through the bonding procedure. 
or processed. Mm-hmm. They just kind of made it for home use and right. families and and uh, home use. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Church use. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my uh, my family were you know friends with all the uh, uh, any priest that yeah, would come by and, right. and take <laughs> yeah, the free wine right. and so on and so <laughs> forth. But um, but no, our wine label we started that in uh, two thousand eight. And uh, my grandfather passed in 06, and I had gone to my dad and said, Dad, we, we, we just got to do it. We have too many small lots of, uh, of specialty blocks and grapes that are dear to our hearts, right. and I'd like to do something to showcase right. our last name. So, and look at they brought a bottle of wine with them today. Good that, choice. That's the kind of guests choice. that we like to invite. <laughs> yeah, we were torn on, did we bring a rosé? Did we bring a, a white? And so we kind of went with our flagship wine. <laughs> they went from, should we bring a rosé? to Let's bring an old vine Zinfandel. Awesome. <laughs> Plan B. Awesome. From Dry Creek Valley. Okay, so this is a 2016. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pour some. Well, that's yeah, tradition wonderful. right there. So what do you want to tell us about this? So, well, that is our 2016... Dry Creek Old Vines Infidel. It is our olive block. The olive block was planted in 1942. And so it is one of three of our different Old Vines Infidels that we produce. Um, this uh, this is actually head trained. So it's dry farmed, cultivated. And it's really fun because we have three, as I said, we have three different Old Vines Infidels. And they all run parallel to each other, but yet they are so different from each other. It smells amazing. This has got, you know, all that earthy cocoa, very bramble berry. I love it. Yes, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of a – where the location of this vineyard, we've got all three of our of our grower, sele- or our grower block selections all are separated by a 16-foot avenue. So it's kind of neat to go out. We've got our apple block that was planted in the 30s and then the olive block in the 40s and the pear block in the 60s. So you can kind of see the different style of pruning from those decades. And it's just a fun wine. It's it's one of those wines that you can drink it by itself or drink it or pair, pair so it with delicious. your favorite Yeah, that was yes. pretty good. It's I got beautiful. took a sip of that and I thought, ooh, my yeah. husband, I'm going to take that bottle. <laughs> at the end well, of the you day. Can, yep, you can have that one. <laughs> it's got just a beautiful balance. Yeah, I'm not going to sip anymore. We'll yeah. just take that with us. Mm-hmm. That's keeper. So, this is terrific. So the two of you, how do you divide and conquer? Is one doing the taste room and one doing, you know, direct to consumers, one doing the vineyard or? Well, with the, our vineyard operation, I've got, I work for my dad and I have a partner, which is my brother. So the three of us do the, the farming aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And then Laura's. And how many acres are you farming then? Three, about 350. Uh-huh. Wow. So, um, so just a little bit. It's, it's a it's a full time job, but it's you know when it becomes a passion, it's not so much a job. It's just a I enjoy getting up, going to work, and and um, and in regards to the winery aspect, Laura's taking it on. Um, we've got a business partner who runs our paperwork side, George Christie, which you had mentioned him before. Oh, I love George. Yeah, so I've known George about thirty years now, and uh, we're both. Uh, we both met on a super competitive level playing softball together, <laughs> be it be it co-ed softball of uh-huh. everything, and we just couldn't lose. And so we he at that time I love it. <laughs> at that time he was working for a uh, um, for Cor for Corbell with yeah, Lake, Sonoma. Lake Sonoma. Yeah, that's when I met George. I've known about thirty years. Well, and actually, we we had taken a a, a night. Uh, Spanish class together at the at the Santa Rosa Junior College, and so we were sitting there one day, and George is like, "You guys got any extra grapes? We should make some wine." And so we kind of <laughs> we kind of let that go for ten years, 
or well, really 20 years, but yeah. 10 years later, we started playing softball together instead of competing against each other. And then it just, in uh, 07, we got started with this idea, yeah. let's see what we can do. And, right. And then Laura, she, her and I uh, started dating, I guess, in 07. And um, she was interested in helping out. And in 08, we had our first vintage and uh, Laura's taken over all the sales, direct, winery. And... The taste room is new, though. The taste room is new. We just uh, opened the doors last June. Okay. So um, it's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, it's been a process. We've been working on wanting to build the taste room, and that was the initial goal when we first started the brand. And as we started to grow it was really, you know, we wanted to be able to have a place where people can come and we can give them tours and show them what we do. Right. And so my father and mother-in-law both decided they will go ahead and, um, you know, do a tasting room mm-hmm. and they decided to build a little winery right next door as well and um, we finally got things going and so um, now we are we're open there Thursday through Sunday from uh, 12 to 4. Excellent. So before the taste room were you just on the road selling wine or how much were you producing? We were uh, on the road around the road uh, <laughs> asking anybody to come Being out. Run and over on the road. Run over <laughs> yeah. on the road. No it was a we started with a uh, hundred cases, okay, and we sold the hundred cases. Uh, it took us about three months, and so we made the typical uh, "we're going to have a winery" uh, decisions because we sold a hundred cases. So we went yeah. to wow. So the we went to two hundred. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> so we went to two hundred cases. Yeah, and we sold those. And well, how hard can this be? And oh so, my gosh! So we doubled that to uh, four hundred cases the third year. So that would have been in twenty ten. And wow. Then it became a job, yes. and then we went from 400 to uh, 1,500, which... Wow, that's which, a lot. Yeah, it's for for one person, which Laura's done great. I mean, right. for, for Laura's been in the wine industry her whole life, right. but not on the sales side. And so she jumped in, and she grabbed onto it with two hands, and she's done a great job. But it's just the part about having the tasting room, like she says, is it's a chance for us to give back to the public and the consumer who who's tried the wines, but mm-hmm. now they can come and have a little yeah. more of a personal experience. Right, mm-hmm. right. Well, it's hard. 1,500 cases. I mean, I talk to visitors that come here and think, oh, you know, 1,500 cases. I'm thinking, I, I have sales reps that I talk to that are out on the road, and, like, they've hustled for a full day meeting with wine buyers and restaurant mm-hmm. buyers, and they've sold six cases. Yeah. I'm thinking, wow. I mean, it's a, it's hard. There's a lot of wine out there, too. You make a lot of connections, and... And yeah. it's and we're in Sonoma County. Right. We're in a premier <laughs> right. wine growing region. Right. And so you are competing against your neighbor, against right. even some of our own family members right. we're competing against. And, right. and um but I think if you can deliver a solid product at a good price and mm-hmm. and give a good experience, you know, the consumer enjoys that. I think that's why it's important to have a tasting room too, because that's where they connect with you. Yes. And that's always a great it's like uh you know, you want to make that connection. When people like your wine, they want to be in the place where it's made. They want to meet the people. I think it's always just really kind of develops the relationship even more. It does. And it's a lot of fun for us being that, you know, we're so small. It's really when guests come, you know, Mike and John and Brian, everybody, the family, we're all on the ranch. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and we're all there. And Mike, when he's around and he's got time, he loves to just pop into the tasting room. And if there's guests in there, he'll say, "Hey, you want to go have a tour?" Mm -hmm. And he'll go take them for a complimentary tour out under the vineyards. And you know, it's it makes it a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
I love the story you were saying how you went to your father and saying, you know, we need to save these blocks and save this heritage because that's like your family members, those vines. Well, they are. And then they're like part of your family. And that's so important. And to be able to cultivate that and keep that going, that's really special. And it's been difficult for us to keep some of those blocks just economically. They're just not, some of them aren't producing in a viable uh, tonnage range mm-hmm. or economically where it's just struggling. But at least at least maybe this gives us an outlet to be able to to keep those vineyards and pre- right. and pre and preserve them. I mean, we've got some that were planted in the 20s and we're That's just amazing. We're doing all we can just to keep them. So now is everything in Dry Creek or you still have some in Alexander Valley? We've got 75 acres in Alexander Valley. Okay. Um and right now we're doing a um just all Dry Creek estate fruit for our Cyane Vineyards label. Mm-hmm. And then my brother has a little label that he's working with some of the... Uh, Listen to that. My brother has a little label. Well, it's, <laughs> he's, he's not we'll going to make that. No, no, no. No, 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 no. It's I'm true. Kidding. I mean, he doesn't want to... Uh, he's taken the the approach of going 50 cases at a time. Yeah. And that's the right way to right, do it. Right. And he's focusing on Cabernet and right, ultra right. premium Cabernet. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, and better than 50 cases. A lot of wine. A lot yeah. of wine to sell. No, it is. <laughs> it is. So um, what do you like to do when you have company that comes to town? I think, you know, most of our listeners are visitors from out of the area. So when they come, besides wine tasting, are there things that you like to take guests to? We do have some club members that when they come up, um, they are always asking us where to go. And they, you know, we've actually created some really good relationships with a lot of our club members, too. When they come in from out of state, we go out to dinner with them. I know you Um, become friends. Yes, yeah. that's terrific. We definitely cool. have. And so Bocce Cafe and Wine Bar is definitely a favorite of ours that we love to go to. It's a favorite of mine. I talk about them all the time. I think it's such a cool locals place. They, they really are. I mean, they have a wide range of... Yeah, the menu is huge. Yes, the menu is huge. Yeah. And, and it's one of the few places that we're actually, as you say, locals. You, yeah. you might know... A quarter of the people are seated, and Definitely. that's just rare in these days. And, and yeah. that's a place like um, the last show that we did a couple weeks ago, we had Dan on, and he was talking about uh, when you go out to dinner, sit at the bar because that's where you the locals people. are. Mm-hmm. And like Bocce is absolutely, there's, if you sit down, you are definitely going to be sitting next to a winemaker. Yep. <laughs> they are. <laughs> They're always sitting at the bar. But it's great. It's Elizabeth cool. is so warm oh. and welcoming to right. everyone, even yes. if she just met you. I know. She's going up, she gives hugs to yeah. everyone when you walk in the door, and it's just, it's um. It's a nice place to be able to take everyone mm-hmm. and, you know, everyone will enjoy it. I love it. It's right on Healdsburg Avenue, right kind of off the square in mm-hmm. Healdsburg. Oh, and the other thing, too, as you were asking, it's so – Hillsburg's so unique in that you can – there's dozen – not maybe not dozens, but there's a dozen-plus restaurants that are within walking mm-hmm. distance, bars, small plates. I mean, it's just – we're in a really – unique uh, location there so you can kind of find something to fit your palate and it's, anywhere. it's everything i mean everyone talks about valets which is just amazing dining experience uh, you could go to single thread if you got your reservation months in advance it's amazing you know a michelin rated restaurant you could also go to el farlito yep. which is you know amazing oh, or yes. el sombrero i have to el freeze sombrero. those burritos and mail them to the east coast to my <laughs> daughter because it makes her life worth living i'm like okay really 
But there's there is something for everyone. For, there no, there really right. is. Yeah. I mean, in uh, right next door, the little town over in Geyserville, mm-hmm. you've got Diavola uh, Diavola Pizzeria. Mm-hmm. Um, they're absolutely amazing. And you know, back in Healdsburg, you've got Agave. Right. Agave is a lot of fun. Um, so there's quite a bit of choices. We're kind of spoiled here. We really we are. are so much. And <laughs> when you do send someone to go to a recommendation, okay, this is a restaurant that, you know, we frequent or we mm-hmm. like, right. we haven't had a bad review or right. bad something back. So that's, that's, that's telling us that something's going right in Hillsborough. Exactly. So um, growing up uh, you know, on the vineyard with your whole family, did, is that just something you were just going to have to do? Or, or was it a passion? Do you love it? Or did you move away and think, I really don't want to be surrounded by vineyards and then come back to it? Or? No, I, it, it was, I mean, it's in my, it's in my blood. And I, when my grandfather looked at me the first day after I graduated high school and said, well, you're going to come to work or not, it was kind of like seeing that puppy for the first time. I just melted. <laughs> and I mean... I've been very fortunate that I've been able to work with my family, my brother, my dad, and my grandfather. I mean, I've had more good times with my family. That's so than, awesome. Mm-hmm. And I think about a, many of my friends who don't even have the opportunity to see their family because they're on a different coast or for or for work or so on and so forth. So it was just it was something that I that I was going to do, but I just <laughs> every once in a while when I see a professional uh, person driving by, whether it be a fireman or mm-hmm. Or law enforcement, I go, oh, you know, I wonder if I could have done that too. So, right. but, but no, I, I wouldn't change my past for the world. Right. Okay. So who is the winemaker since you're running the vineyards? Who's, who's the winemaker? Julia Ian Costa. Oh. So she joined our team, um, July of 2018. Mm-hmm. And, um, the, so she just came out with our Sauvignon Blanc and our new 2018 Valentina Marie Rosé. And she's done a fabulous job. Great. Terrific. Is she ever there at the winery if people were to come into the tasting room? She is. Does she make herself available? She does. <laughs> she does. And she's, she's wonderful. She comes to all of the events that we, that we do. And she's usually behind the bar so you can find her uh, when you come and get a glass of wine. That's great. I mean, people really love to hear from, you know, family members, winemakers. It's, it, that's what makes the connection. That's what makes people want to come here and why they want to come back. You know, those connections that they make. It's always nice to have a woman winemaker, too. I know. It used to be so rare. It used to be rare. so rare. And now I no, can come up with a list. No, no and it's... it's uh, we are going to take over the world, Mike. I'm just telling you. you. I, well, I, well, look at... Look, look at, at this room right this minute. I know. Look minute. at this room. It's, it's four, on, yeah, yeah. four on one here. But no, I, it's, uh, what's, it's been a, a, a really neat experience to, as we've began to make our own wine for the last 10 years, being on the grower side and now being on the other side, seeing... Things that maybe as a grower I would have said, no, nah, I really don't want to let those grapes hang. And now, right. now you kind of get a different perspective mm-hmm. of what's the final outcome. And Julia's just she's just awesome. She's mm-hmm. a, she's a rock star, and uh, we love working with her. And and uh, it's just been a really good re- and you relationship. get that unique perspective of seeing seeing both sides, being yeah. a grower and making the wine, because there's different challenges. In each uh, each of those jobs, and there there really is. And um, Mike has a lot of fun. He's works very hands on with Julia there at the winery, and um, so it's fun. And you know, I as well have now gotten a chance to dabble in, and you know, Julia's taken me under her wing with yeah. showing me, you know, how to, how to do things. All right, how to do things. Yes. Nice. 
But I definitely think for like for our size, starting out, doing what we've done, having a winemaker instead of one of us deciding that we're going to play winemakers has right. been has just has been the right decision. I think that would be the right mm-hmm. call. Yeah, absolutely yeah. for sure. So since we've kind of been talking about uh, the vineyards and things, I think this is a great time to bring back uh, Carissa Cruz, who's with us today. So Carissa is the president of the Sonoma County Wine Growers, and they are a partner here with us for our podcast. So every episode, we're going to have a little wine growers date. So Carissa, take it away. What do you got for us today? it's great to be back. Mm -hmm. You know, I just love hearing this multi-generational family farming story Um, what's actually so special about Sonoma County is that it's not an atypical story. It's actually a common story. It is. And, um, I think it's just, it's, especially when you see some of our grape growers who know the land and the grapes so well, and then want to, for themselves, make that expression to share in the wine. I think Mm -hmm. that is a pretty powerful combination Mm -hmm. and delivers fantastic wine in the glass. So very exciting. Um, and it does play in. We, we said we were gonna talk a little bit about what's happening in the vineyards every month and what's going on with sustainability. And I thought, um, kind of a fun sustainability thing that people might not think about, but since we're talking about family business here mm-hmm. today, is that succession planning is a huge part of our sustainability right. commitment. And it's that idea of how do you, and really built into thinking about sustainability holistically in your business. So it's really thinking through that conversation that, you know, your grandfather has with you one day, right. or maybe it's your father, or thinking ahead to what does that look like so we can ensure that our, our agriculture stays here in mm-hmm. our county and our family farms stay intact and that next generation does come in with a passion mm-hmm. um, for keeping those alive. So I think that's always a part of sustainability we don't talk about very much. Yeah, I think but so. It sounds kind of uh, businessy and not uh, yeah. ag. But yeah, it's, but it's, it's not the like the touchy-feely it... part of the tangible you know, right. vineyard part, mm-hmm. but it is the reality, probably the most important part of agriculture yeah, moving forward. Yeah, to keep it going, absolutely. And, and yeah, you are the perfect example here and today. Inspired <laughs> today so um, by that. And then, you know, it's March here in the vineyard. And so, you know, early in the month, we were seeing earlier this month, we were seeing our folks, you know, if they hadn't finished pruning, we're racing to get Mm -hmm. that done. Um, And moving forward, it's kind of March is kind of a transition month in our vineyards. You're seeing, you know, they're coming pruning should be wrapping up. And then a lot of our growers, um, especially in our cooler parts of our climate, are testing their frost protection Mm -hmm. and making sure if we get a very cold night, which typically we worry about that through the month of April, April. end Mm -hmm. of March. Um, that they're ready to go to protect those, you know, vines at their most vulnerable time. And then occasionally if we get a heat spike uh, later this month and moving into April, we might see early bud break in some areas, some of the warmer areas. So it's kind of this transition month. So you might get a little bit of everything kind of depending, um, given that there's so many microclimates in different areas of mm-hmm. our county to explore. But um, it's a great month to be here, always to visit. And it's a, a great month for our farmers to kind of reset for the for the upcoming, get ready. upcoming harvest. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. There you okay. go. A little news from the from the vineyards. I love it. Thank you. This is going to be a nice addition to our show. I'm I super will. excited to have you here. Thanks. Thank you. Happy to partner. Yeah. So anything else that um, people need to know if they wanted to come out and visit you? Like where, where exactly are you on Dry Creek Road or on Dry Creek? So on Dry Creek Road, we are located at a 2507 Dry Creek. Um, so we're right in the two and a half a mile block right on the right side um, of, of Dry Creek Road. 
So is that that's just before uh, the general Litton store Springs. then? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. We are one mile yep. before the general store. So I know that the general store is three miles from town because when my kids were little, they wanted to ride their bike there. So I drove there one time to find how far that is. <laughs> <laughs> and I decided at that point they actually could ride there but not back because they were out of gas <laughs> on their little pedals. So Yeah, yeah and we're, we're, we're really well, easy walked, to spot. I've, I've walked from Hillsburg home a couple times, so I know it's, it's, it's 2.5 yeah, miles. <laughs> But that's a great location right down mm-hmm. from Dry Creek General Store. So you can grab some lunch, come hang out at the tasting room. Or... Yep. Come uh, go grab a sandwich at the general store and, you know, come back and, you know, play some cornhole and that sit at our picnic fun. tables. Yes. I, I like it. cornhole. I mean, there's actually national cornhole tournaments. I thought that was just like a bar game, you know. Well, we're, <laughs> but I'm like, wow, people are serious trying, about this. <laughs> that's going to be something for this for for this summer that we're trying to do is get the local or get some of the locals. Get the, the league. Get something going mm-hmm, yeah. on. Other wineries. Right. Or try and do something there. Intramural cornhole. Something, yeah. Just <laughs> to, just to have, I mean, it's. You I'm know, no offense. I drink more beer when I'm playing cornhole. <laughs> well, we're trying to change that. For, okay. We're trying to change. You're trying that to upscale me a little. Yeah. <laughs> well, not upscale. Clean up your up. The, yeah. <laughs> okay. But no, it's a fun. It's a fun location, and it's uh, we're pet friendly and family friendly oh. outside. So those are so, both yeah. good things yep. for me to know. Yep. I mean, yep. there's a ton of people who just don't go anywhere without their dogs, and they need yep. to know where to take them. And um, we've actually, in the last couple months, we've met some really neat uh, um, service dog uh, oh, yeah. handlers, uh-huh. and you know, because that's they're going to bring them everywhere. Right. So it's been right. it's been fun to see some of that side yeah. of the uh, training. That's awesome. So uh, the only other thing I wanted to mention, completely unrelated today to our topic, is that uh, the next event for the Wine Road is a golf tournament that we're putting on. This is our first ever golf tournament. I googled how do you organize a golf tournament. <laughs> And all the answers were there for me. So we're doing a golf tournament May 29th at the Windsor Golf Course. And it's actually, we're raising funds for the Redwood Empire Food Bank. Nice. Who um, is an organization that Wine Road has been partnering with for about 10 years now. So that's, you could save the day. You could, you know, get a foursome together and you can golf in the tournament. Um, You can sponsor a hole. You can just, I mean, the sky is the limit. So there's a link on wineroad.com. For the Wine Road, I think it's the first annual golf classic. Sounds so that's like that. You can Google anything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I literally did type in how do you organize a golf tournament. Oh, I love it. And all the answers were were there. So then, one other thing I want to mention at the very top of the Wine Road website, wineroad.com, the very, very top, there's a little green banner that says TripAdvisor, and there's a link that will take you to our. Um, to our page, the Wine Road page, if you want to write a review for us, it can be a review about our concierge service, about our events, about the amazing map we produce, about your trip, and if we helped you, anything that you want to review about the Wine Road would be helpful because these days, everyone in the world plans their trip for anywhere in the world <laughs> based on <laughs> TripAdvisor reviews. So the more reviews we have, the better. It's always good. Yeah, always, it's always good, good to say a nice thing to nice people. Yeah, there you go. That'd be good. I mean, I print them out and I hang them on the wall. I know. You always call me when you get a good one. Yeah, if somebody writes to us about the podcast, I'm like, it's our Sally Field moment. Someone loves us. Uh, anyways, we will put a link to everything we talked about today, a link to Saini's website, 
where you can find out about the tasting room hours. I'm sure you can order wine off of the site as well. You can. Yep. You just go to sainivineyards.com and um, there's our family story and um, nice. our hours of operation. And then we, uh, we have a link to be able to purchase wine as well. Awesome. Excellent. Okay. We'll put a links to the little places we talked about where we can go eat. And to the Sonoma County Wine Growers. Sonoma County Wine Growers, because I love it. It's news you can use oh. from Carissa Cruz. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That's going <laughs> to do gonna a, be recorded. I'm going to have to do a jingle. <laughs> it doesn't take much. <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah, it does not take much to get me jingle in the morning. But, uh, yes, that's a great addition to the show. Thank you, Mike and Laura, so much. Love hearing your story. I know. I can't wait to come visit. I haven't been out there yet. Well, yes, we look forward to having you, Alan. Thank and, you so much for having us. And thank fun. you for bringing the Zinfandel. This is delicious. And it's going home with me. Yeah. <laughs> Oftentimes, we usually Rochambeau for the bottle. <laughs> I never win. I know. <laughs> Got to figure out the Rochambeau. <laughs> yeah, I'm not good at that. All right. But thanks so much. Great guests. Great fun. We'll see you on the wine road. Thanks. Bye. Bye.